Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings to those who dwell below. For today's video, we're going to take a look at some more haunted and cursed objects. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership you can check out using the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, Irish Creepypasta Guy, Jess Black Curtain, and Christina Groves. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please make sure you do making sure to hit that notification bell so you never miss a video. But now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Possessed Teddy Bear or Something Else by Eternal Lotus I don't really know how to start this, other than the fact that I've come to find that a favourite teddy bear of mine seems to have a life of its own. Donnie, as I've come to name this stuffed toy, along with such things as he and him, isn't all that special actually. My mother bought him at the mall for me when I was younger, and I've kept him close ever since, despite entering my late teens. I still sleep with him snuggled in my arms every night, and I believe that might have something to do with the life he's started to gain. The way Donny acts now, for what I first thought to be a possessed stuffed animal, strikes me as odd. He moves. I know this for a fact from having felt him hold me back when I hug him, and having placed him down, turned for a minute, and looked back to find him closer to me. But these occasions tend to not happen often, unless I've left him alone for long periods of time. However, seems only to happen if my mum or little brother goes into my room without my permission and I'm not around. That, and with my mum, since she's a bit more acute to paranormal things around her, if I accidentally leave Donnie in her bedroom. With my mum, he seems to swing down from the ceiling at an angle not possible, just to hit her on the head and be resting on the bed the moment she turns to look at him. I've gotten her to go into more detail about it, and she says that she only sees something black in the shape of Donnie swooping down upon her right before it hits her upside the head. If I leave Donnie alone with her without really realising it, my bear apparently begins to demand where I am, and then proceeds to say my name over and over until Mum eventually gets fed up with it and ends up either throwing him at me or tossing him in my room. With my little brother, I only have one account of Donnie doing anything, and that was standing up on my bed and charging right at him when he went into my room to get one of my CDs while I was over at a friend's house. Donnie didn't touch my brother at all, but he effectively chased him out. I'm not frightened or anything by this, but I am curious 
I always used to joke around that my teddy bear was possessed once I got it, but I grew out of that stage rather quickly as I just slept while holding Donny close. I don't know if it was that, or the fact that I am greatly attached to Donny, that might have attracted a spirit to take up residence in my bear, but I've come to realise it might be something else entirely. With my mother and a Wiccan friend being able to sense, see and hear spirits, I'm grateful that I can consult and speak with them over the different theories, without them thinking I'm completely nuts. And one theory seems to stick out to me in particular. My mum was the one to say it, and my friend agrees there's a large chance that whatever is in Donny might be an extension of me. Looking at it seriously, I think this might be the case, but I'm not entirely sure. According to my mother, Donny is perfectly fine and completely silent if he's with me, unless she comes in to wake me up in which she feels that Donnie stares at her, with warning not to bother me at all. Donnie isn't the only one of my stuffed animals to gain life around me, or the ability to move either. The only other two, being a small clown doll and my giant panda bear. The clown doll hasn't moved from the desk drawer I've hid it in for some time, due to my mother threatening to burn it if she ever found it on her pillow in the middle of the night again. And my panda bear has only moved once. It was after hiding something very important behind it, with the intent that no one would ever find this item. But I soon wanted to hide it in a better spot, so I went to get it. I was then promptly hit by my giant toy panda bear, and hard. It wouldn't let me retrieve the item until I knocked it from the chair and got it anyway. The panda hasn't moved since, while Donny has retained the ability to do as he wishes to those who enter my room and annoy my mother until she gives him to me. This has me thinking, that he really might be possessed by some spirit that might hop from one of my stuffed animals to another, or he could be an extended part of me. I was leaning more towards possessed, since one of my other friends spent a week at my home the summer before last, and she heard a male voice talking in a different language, me replying in English as I mumbled along the lines of, she's fine Donny, there's no need. But I don't know if she was completely awake or partially dreaming, so there's also that fact against the possession theory. I remind you that I am not afraid, but I would like to know what this is. Is my teddy bear just moving because of an extended part of myself? Has a spirit found him a suitable vessel? Or is it something different? The Curse of Little Bastard James Dean's career as an actor and racer was tragically cut short on September 30th, 1955, when his little bastard Porsche 550 Spider was involved in a catastrophic collision on the way to a race meeting. Dean was killed instantly, but little bastard would go on to cause considerably more trouble. In fact, little bastard had caused upset almost from the moment Dean bought it. A week before the fatal crash, Dean met British actor Alec Guinness in Los Angeles. Guinness had an ominous feeling on seeing the Porsche, and would later write in his diary, the sports car looked sinister to me, exhausted, hungry, feeling a little ill-tempered in spite of Dean's kindness. I heard myself saying in a voice I could hardly recognise as my own, Please, never get in it. If you get in that car, you'll be found dead in it by this time next week. Dean laughed it off and set about preparing the car for the Selena sports car races with his Porsche mechanic, Rolf Wutherich, enlisting stuntman Bill Hickman to help out. The original plan was to tow Little Bastard to the races, 
but Wutherich felt it would be better for Dean to get used to the spider and run the engine in. On that fateful Friday, Wutherich sat next to Dean while Hickman followed with his truck and trailer. Police pulled over the convoy and issued a pair of speeding tickets just outside Bakersfield. It didn't slow Dean down one bit. Dean was barreling down Route 466 at an estimated 85 miles per hour when a young Cal Poly student named Donald Turnupseed, driving a Ford Tudor, decided to make a sudden turn onto Route 41. The impact sent the Ford almost 40 feet down the road and ejected Wutherich from the Porsche. Dean was pronounced dead on arrival at the Paso Robles War Memorial Hospital at 6.20pm. Despite being declared a total loss by the insurance company, the car was sold on and would continue to cause carnage wherever it, or even parts of it, went. Dr. William Esrich bought the Porsche from a salvage yard in Burbank and proceeded to strip it for parts. Esrich installed the Porsche's engine into his Lotus 9 race car, then loaned the transmission and suspension parts to follow doctor and racer Troy McHenry. Esrich crashed the Lotus in the 1956 Pomona sports car races, surviving. But McHenry wasn't as lucky. He hit a tree and was killed in the same race, and so the curse of Little Bastard gained strength. Dean's Porsche itself carried on. Shortly after the crash, publicity monger and self-proclaimed King of Customs, George Barris, bought the Spider, promising to rebuild it. When the mangled frame was found to be beyond recovery, Barris chose to capitalise on the car's notoriety. The Porsche was loaned to the Los Angeles chapter of the National Safety Council, and from 1957 to 1959, it went on a gruesome tour of car shows, movie theatres, and bowling alleys. In March of 1959, while in storage in Fresno, the car mysteriously caught fire. It suffered remarkably little damage, two melted tyres and some singed paint, and fortunately, the fire didn't spread to other vehicles in storage. Meanwhile, Barris had sold a pair of tyres from the 550, and both reportedly blew at the same time, causing the owner to career off the road. There are other unconfirmed stories of Little Bastard's life. The car is said to have fallen from its display while on a show in Sacramento, breaking the hip of a bystander. The spider also reportedly fell on and killed George Barkas, the driver who transported it to a road safety expo. Finally, the Porsche is rumoured to have disappeared from a sealed box car in 1960 while en route from Miami to Los Angeles. Despite a million dollar reward for information being offered on the car's location in 2005, Little Bastard's whereabouts remain unknown. The Haunted Bed Frames by Ghost Stories Hawaii 2 A friend offered me a white wicker bed frame set to me for free. At the time I lived on a very remote mountain in Hawaii, up in the elevation of 5,500 feet. The house I rented was built on a hilly side, with the upstairs living area off the ground at least 15 feet. I had my partner at the time go and pick up the bed set one evening. He bought home an older antique looking set. When I asked him what had happened to the white set, all he said was that she gave me this one, and that he had a hard time with the bed in his truck. It fell out of his truck and onto the road several times. It broke a wooden wheel, and so he thought nothing about it. After I had this set in my guest bedroom for days, I started to put the frames together, and suddenly I felt so sick to my stomach, nauseating sick, and almost threw up. I had to leave the room. It was very cold, 
and so I thought it was just from living up in the clouds. One late evening on a Friday night, my partner and I had a get-together with friends. He called to say he would be in after midnight, and I said no problem. I was sitting on my living room couch that is leaning against the wall, and reading when I heard and felt someone pounding on the wall. This must be a joke, because for one thing, the house is on stilts, and no way could someone climb and reach that wall outside, unless they were on a very tall ladder. The noise continued, and then the pounding was coming from a back kitchen door that was closed and locked. I heard more hard pounding. I heard a voice calling my name, but I knew better not to open a door at night since I was home alone. I called out my friend's name, but no answer. That started to get me alarmed, so I reached for a bat just in case. I immediately got on the CB radio and tried calling my partner, but had no luck in reaching him. I know I did not hear his truck come up the hill, so I was quite upset and shaken a bit. Terrified of who could be outside my door in the pitch dark, and especially being by myself, was enough for me to call my sister. At that time, I thought it could be a neighbour. I told her that I was scared, and that I wanted her to try and reach my partner, since I couldn't get through to him. I had to use the bathroom so bad, I asked if she would stay on the line, and I would be right back. As I put the phone down and walked about five feet, the pounding started again making me run back to the couch and put my legs up. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I asked my sister. She immediately told me to calm down and that she was going to make some calls. She had no luck too. As I'm there waiting, I was too afraid to move and my sister stayed with me on the phone. I could hear a truck coming up the hill and I knew it was my boyfriend coming home. As soon as he walked into the house, I told him to take the bed out of here. He tossed the frames out off the deck and it landed on the lawn below. The next morning, as I was getting ready for work, he was downstairs throwing the bed sets into his truck to take to the dump. A very loud sound in my ears came out, like a growl and a swoosh, and I felt like it came out of me. I told him that the bed was haunted and never will I want any old bed frames again. I don't know what came into the house and made me sick for weeks before the bed was finally removed but it felt very evil. I could tell you that the bed had many different numbers on it, written on the back frames. My lady friend now no longer collects antiques in her home, since I had warned her about buying beds. Her mother passed away after being ill for a while. Later, when I saw her in a store, she told me, My mother was asking for you. Well, I really only knew her mother a little bit, and hardly spoke to her. My house was blessed in every corner, and I have not had any more sickness. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Wooden Canoe by Phoenix83. This story happened 11 years ago. I was 20 years old living in my first apartment with my then boyfriend. It was a cute little layout, very vintage style. It was on the second story just above a liquor store in an older neighborhood in San Diego, California. 
Though it was an older building, it always felt very peaceful. My boyfriend at the time, Mark, was an electrician's apprentice and worked for a small but well-known company. At the time, it was just him and his boss, and they were working on old Victorian houses in a nearby neighbourhood, just outside of downtown. Mark had been with the company for about a year at this point, and was working on a lot of jobs by himself. After a couple of days working on one particular house, it was finally time for him to work in the attic. The house was completely empty due to remodelling. When he entered the attic, however, he noticed a hand-carved small wooden canoe resting in a corner. It was about the length of his forearm and not too detailed. He thought it peculiar, but figured someone had just left it behind in a rush to get everything out and start the remodelling job. He continued about his work, but felt very drawn to the canoe. Later that day when his boss came to check on him, Mark showed him the little boat. He mentioned it was the only thing left behind and asked if he could take it home. His boss thought it was okay, seeing as how the house was owned by the bank and everything else had been thrown away anyway. Later that evening as we were settling in after work, Mark remembered the canoe with excitement and went to the car to bring it upstairs and show me. It was an interesting little carving and I, being a collector of antiques, thought it would look fantastic on a shelf in our bedroom. We went about our evening as usual, and it wasn't until I decided to start getting ready for bed that I got this overwhelming feeling, a very negative energy all around me. It was so intense that I asked Mark to keep me company while I was doing my nightly ritual. After that, we decided to go to bed. It was pretty late, and we both had work early in the morning. We both felt right to sleep. We were exhausted. But only after about an hour of rest did I wake up. I felt that extremely negative energy again all around me. I tossed and turned. I just could not fall back asleep. It was like something was watching me, so much as something was very powerfully negative in the room. I couldn't even get out of bed to use the bathroom, as if I was hypnotised by this incredible energy. I fell asleep finally, but only for another hour. The computer we had in the room was turned off because we rarely used it. When I woke up after another hour, I noticed the computer was on and making all kinds of odd noises. The monitor was flashing on and off. I knew this wasn't possible because when I looked at the power strip, it was turned off. At that point, Mark was awake sitting behind me on the bed, looking at me in disbelief. He told me he'd been tossing and turning all night and hadn't had a wink of sleep. We both went into the living room and decided to just sleep on the floor. The next morning, we were discussing our sleepless night over breakfast. We both agreed that it had something to do with that canoe. We also made an agreement to throw the canoe away when we got home from work. When we both arrived home that evening, I went straight to the room, grabbed the canoe, and we headed out. We didn't want to throw it away anywhere near us, so we drove to the next neighbourhood over, found a park, and went to the first trash can we had noticed. For some reason, Mark was having trouble just putting it in the can and walking away. I tried to convince him that it was the best thing to do, but he said he just felt wrong about it. He said he would just set it on top of the trash can. It felt very wrong to me to leave such a negative thing out in the open for somebody else to find an experience. I just walked away. I wasn't going to argue with him about it. Later that evening, I asked him why he wouldn't just throw the canoe away. All he said was, he felt it physically impossible to put it in the trash. That was as far as it went. Once the canoe was gone, we never felt that energy again.
Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like, and also if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, clicking that notification bell so you never miss a video. Also, feel free to share any of the videos on the channel on your social media. In fact, it would really help me out so, so much. So, until next time, sleep tight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.